Hey everybody, thank you for downloading episode 139 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. This episode was recorded live in New York City, but guess what? We're going to be live in just a couple weeks, Sunday, November 5th, 7 p.m. at the Moroccan in Los Angeles. We're going to have special guest Janet Varney, and we're sharing a double bill with our good friends over at Can I Pet Your Dog. This is the first time we've ever done a show in L.A. We're super excited, and we want you to be there. So go get tickets. You can go to howlublin.com forward slash live, and you'll find a link there to buy them. They're $15 in advance, or you can get them at the door, but they're 20 then. So if you're a deal hunter, get it right now. But first... Please enjoy episode 139 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best classic Muppet movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Craig. Oh, I'm ruining everything. Show's over. That's it. Thank you all for coming to the show. We are so, so excited about this. Um, how many of you guys have uh, heard uh, our show before? All right, thank A you. A smattering. How many of you are Muppets fans? Yeah. Way better. I kind of was hoping that when we would look out this way at the house that it would look like the view from the Muppet Show stage where it's just a lot of like feathers and fur kind of bouncing and flopping around. But you guys are all very attractive. Um, not that the Muppets aren't attractive. So today we are discussing... Uh, what is the best of the original Muppet movies? Yes. The original three Muppet movies, um, and that is uh, The Muppet Movie. Yep. The Great Muppet Caper. Correct. And The Muppets Take Manhattan. Got them all. But there are four chairs up here, as we cannot do this alone. We have brought with us some special guests. Hal, would you like to introduce our first, the first of our special guests? Sure. The first of our special guests has been on the show twice before. Uh, he is one of the creative forces behind the Venture Brothers, our good buddy, Doc Hammer. Doc Hammer! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Mark and Hal. Thanks, Doc. Uh, our other special guest knows a thing or two about this uh, because she has for a long time been a Muppet performer um, over a dozen years on Sesame Street. She's also a Tony-nominated uh, actor and a friend of ours, and we are very excited to hear her insights into this. Uh, Stephanie DeBruzzo is here. Yeah, Dating please. For a lady. What lady? <laughs> I would have stood for you no matter what sex you were. Aw, damn. Geez. I just want to say that. You're yeah, very it's inclusive. It's nice to be treated like a human being on the planet, right? <laughs> yeah. Are you usually Refreshing? are you yeah. usually treated like a puppet on the planet? No, I'm just saying I think in 2017 we need to treat our fellow earthlings like fellow earthlings. Amen. There we go. Out. Treat everybody the way that the Muppets treat each other. That's right. They hit each other all the time, but they love each other at the end of the day. That's right. That is. It's in the Muppets writing Bible, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So before we go into this, uh, into really launching into talking about these three movies in particular, let's just talk about our relationships to the Muppets themselves. I mean, as a... 
thing. I, I grew up on the Muppets. Yeah. I dated New Zealand for 10 years. That's my relationship to the Muppets. Aww. Did <laughs> not end well. He broke no. his heart. One day I just opened my front door and there was a fish <laughs> and written on it said, it's over. And that was the end of my relationship. No, I, and then I the also, fish boomeranged back gonna, to him. I was going to say, I'm surprised it stayed there. Yeah. yeah. I, when I went to grab it, it flew back. No, I, uh, the first time I was ever on television, I was five years old. I went on the stage at the Comedy Works in Philadelphia to do a bit in something called Double Muppets Hold the Onions. So NBC at the time was showing two episodes of The Muppet Show back to back. And in between, they would go live to the Comedy Works in Philadelphia. This is just, this is, this is just the local. NBC. Did, you, yeah. did this your parents NBC put you into this or, they it, did. or were you a kid that's like, I got to get myself on stage? They, they put me into it and my mother was like, here's the joke you're going to tell, which was a very long and convoluted, terrible. I was like, just let me tell a quick, like a two line joke. That's all we need. But she had me tell like a Spalding Gray monologue <laughs> of a joke. And uh, you can see in the video, which if I can, uh, I'll find it and I will, I'll post a link to it. You can see it. You don't want to just tell us the joke now. No, I'm not going to tell the joke. Okay. For just we have a limited amount of time here today. Uh, but I'm wearing a shirt and tie and jacket, and my mother is in the audience holding up the sweatshirt I get to wear when I'm done. So as soon as I'm finished, I hide behind the host, Bob Nelson, noted comedian Bob Nelson. I, I start taking off the shirt and tie, and then run off of the stage because I could not stand to be <laughs> so. <dressed up. laughs> A sweater was a carrot for you? Like, we will yeah. take you out of yeah. the monkey suit. You don't have to wear that suit <laughs> yes. if you just tell this long, convoluted joke. That was it. She literally dangled it on a fishing pole yeah. Yeah, in front of Bob Nelson. To get me to take it. So that, yes. I, I've been working with the Muppets for years is the point of that story. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up a, a huge fan of the Muppets. And the Muppet movies came out when I was a kid. So I went and saw them all in the theater. And they had a big impact on my childhood that's carried on to this day because I've never matured. There you go. Doc, I just love the Muppets. I, I, th- I think somebody who doesn't love the Muppets might be evil. I'm not. I haven't done. <laughs> I haven't done the chart of like what dictates true evil. Um, you know, sociopathy, all these kind of things. Do you not like the Muppets? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, are you a? Do you hoard guns and not like the Muppets, or do you just not like the Muppets? Do you kick your dog and not like the Muppets, or do you just not like the Muppets? So yeah. I just. Love the Muppets. And I think when I was a kid, there weren't as many options for brilliance. You had terrible, like He-Man and then the Muppets. Yeah. So it was a clear choice that the Muppets were these living, breathing things. And I also got to find out about all the stuff my dad liked by watching the Muppets because I didn't know who any of these people – Orson Welles to me as a kid – huh. I yeah. don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. So all these people, is like, oh, that's so and so so and so. I don't know if you know so-and-so, so-and-so. A big fan of so-and-so. Yeah, so-and-so, yeah, so-and-so. so-and-so uh, he was in that movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That movie you saw. Girl. So that it was another thing where I got to watch something with my dad that wasn't Star Trek and we could bond. Right. And then he would let me wear the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you made it through the movie? Yeah, no, if I could, made it through. It was like, weird that he made you wear a full yeah. suit to watch films. <laughs> in my day, when we went to the cinema, we dressed up. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> everybody goes The whole suit was one object. It was like a zipper in the back, and I would just get into it. <laughs> can't change the tie. Can't change the vest. Put on the suit. Um, what about you, Stephanie? You seem to have the 
closest relationship with the Muppets of any of us on Yeah, but I, but it was the same as you guys. I mean, I, I, you know, I grew up with the Muppets. I was born in, I'm sorry, I'm going to give my age, but I don't care. Uh, I, I was born in 1971, so like the golden era of Sesame Street was starting. I wanted to go to Sesame Street on vacation, even though we were too poor to take vacations. It was sad for many reasons. Um, <laughs> but I, I, like, seriously, I, I knew on some level, even when I was three, that I couldn't meet Bugs Bunny, but I could meet Big Bird. Ah. Like, and I knew that that thing in the Bugs Bunny suit was not the real Bugs Bunny, but I knew that Big Bird was real. Yeah. Um, so I was a big fan, big fan of the Muppet Show. I remember going to see the Muppet movie, like, you know, friends' birthday parties and things like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, and then it wasn't cool anymore to like the Muppets when you hit, this was, you know. What? Well, okay. It was a different time. It was before the internet. And you didn't have, you know, other people in the world that you could connect to and say, I like this. I secretly like this too. Um, so when you're in middle school and high school, you're, you're kind of like, yeah, I guess I like them. No, no, that's for kids. Um, but then I started babysitting again. Well, okay. So I remember turn on Sesame Street. I'm a junior in high school and we have a large, we had a large window, uh, in our, in our living room. And I'm, it was the first time I'm watching Bert and Ernie dance myself to sleep, right? You all know that great song mm-hmm. where the sheep are taking Bert out of the, out of the, bedroom and uh and i'm laughing at it my mom comes in and i'm like turning off the television <laughs> somebody's in here Someone's in. yeah yeah that's exactly right it uh-huh. was the saddest juvenile tale ever that i went and i was afraid that someone a neighbor was going to look in the window and see a junior in high school watching sesame street there's something cool about the idea of watching the mo watching the watching the muppets be an act of rebellion yeah like that was your rebellion because they're anarchists kind of it kind of was then now i go to you know i'm in college and we all revert to the comfort foods of our sure. youth and we're watching Warner Brothers cartoons with different eyes and we're watching, mm-hmm. and I was watching the Muppets in Sesame Street with different eyes, the eyes of a performer. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, that guy doing that voice is doing that character too. And that guy's doing that one. That I want to do that. I want to do that. And so I taught myself how to be a puppeteer and that's, uh, and long story short, I became a Muppet performer and I've been on Sesame Street since 1993 those people didn't like my story. They're leaving. So, <laughs> um, no, the story's good. I'm like, oh, this thank is you. I appreciate that. No, 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 no. no. But, but, but I. But I'm glad I, you got over your cool fear. Because let me tell you. Oh, I didn't care about it. Once you're. Yeah, when you become I a puppeteer, you are like you're up there with magician and uncool. Yeah, yeah I know. Puppeteer no, is like yeah. the same level no. of awe as Supreme Court justice. Yeah, it's no, just I not. Like, cool. I like to say we're if like a step above mime. You're cool on the la- on the ladder, like a, a step, step above mime. above mime and birthday party clown. <laughs> I'm telling you, in the respect you tell someone you're a puppeteer, I mean, you, you, that's the punchline. Yeah. yeah. They're like, how do you get paid, though? Yeah. Are you also an accountant? Oh, I have relatives who still ask me. Wow. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going with the puppets? So do you have a real job? <laughs> you watched Sesame Street, well, no, right? No, I mean, now is different. But when I was starting out in those first few years, like, so what are you really going to do? Um, it, because it's not something that it, it for me, it was yeah. a different way of performing. It was a way. And for me, especially it was a way to perform all the characters I wanted to play without it mattering what I looked like, mm-hmm. I, without it mattering how much I weighed or how tall I was or what gender I was or what species I was. I have played teapots and sheep and tomatoes and letters and numbers and everything in between and penguins, penguins and so many cows. And so many chickens. I have played so many chickens. And it's it's really freeing as a performer to not have any limitations. No one is looking at your headshot and saying, 
Yeah, she can't play that pig. Do you have a favorite character that you've played on Sesame Street? Well, I just started playing Prairie Dawn. Uh, Fran Brill, the great Legendary Fran Brill. Legendary Prairie Dawn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Fran Brill, whose, whose puppeteering shoes are upstairs in the exhibit, if you haven't gone up there, as well as oh, those, Prairie. I saw those are massive platforms. Yeah, because Fran's short like I am, and we work stand, when we work standing up, we need something to equalize. Yeah, I just want to wear them. I think they're cool. They are yeah, very yeah. cool. Uh, they are very, they're rocking. Um, so I started doing Prairie recently, but um, there was a character that appeared on an episode of Elmo's World in the late 90s. And, you know, Elmo would talk to, if he was thinking about shoes today, he would talk to a shoe. If he was thinking about plants, he would talk to a plant. And he was thinking about jackets. And there was this little pink jacket and with a little hood, with a little fur-trimmed hood. And the eyes were on the hood. And the sleeves went and the zipper went up and down. And you'd move the head, the hood up and down to make the mouth move. And the little jacket talked like this. I said, you want to talk to a jacket? I got sleeves and I keep a couple pockets to keep tissues in. And it was so, it was such an adorable jacket. And the writers liked it so much that they wrote it in, because like, what are you going to do with a jacket on Sesame Street? Well, they wrote a script where Zoe, poor Zoe, no one wanted to play with Zoe, so she wished her jacket could come to life and play with her. So she called upon the jacket fairy. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. What else would you do? No one was high when they wrote this script. Right. This is what we do on the show. Why didn't she call the friend fairy? She called the jacket fairy because the friend fairy couldn't turn her jacket into a friend. The the, the friend fairy could probably only just get her some random friend. Why didn't she just hang out with the jacket fairy? Because he was busy, he had to oh. deal with a little quilted number in in in, in Poughkeepsie. Sure, I tell you. <laughs> that was very. I'm paraphrasing, actually, to be perfect. I'm not that funny. Um, so yeah, so I really loved, and they did that twice with Zoe and her jacket. Um, and it was it. I love things like that because where else am I going to be able to talk about this role except here? Yeah. So thank you for asking. And yeah. where else are people going to understand it but in an audience like this? This crowd gets it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, uh, anthropomorphic jacket. Awesome. We do yeah. that all the time. Yeah. What um? Can you uh, talk for those of us who have never been mm-hmm. uh, puppeteers on Sesame Street or any uh, Muppet uh, venture, uh, talk about the process. Like, what is it what does it look like if I was standing in the room watching you guys shoot a scene? What would mm-hmm. it look like? Well, um, we we do things two ways. Sometimes on Sesame Street, when we're on the street, we're literally sitting on the ground or the floor on these little rolling scooters. Remember those scooters in gym class used mm-hmm. to roll around on? We have some form of that so we can move around. But we are literally rolling on the ground. Our arms are over our heads. Um, if we are on a on a swing set or a raised set, we'll work standing up, thus the big shoes. Um and they look cool. And they look cool. Yeah. With our arms stretched over our heads, and we are looking at television monitors. The great thing about being a Muppet performer, it is the only way that an actor can actually see his or her own performance live as it's happening the way the audience is seeing it. Do you it. ever work at like in a some elaborate network of trusses and buttresses and stuff too? I haven't done anything like that, but there. Because how long can you keep your hand up like that? Well, I remember in class we like, ah, I yeah. gotta hold it up with my arm. It's so hard. Well, the, 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 you know, it's hard. <laughs> to, you know what it's harder to do is just stay stock still. If you're moving around and dancing, um, you're getting actually some blood moving. So do there. you ever like strap it your head with belts? No, because you have to be able to come down. You have to be able to look like one of the one of the one of the rookie mistakes is people just put on a puppet and they stand there and they don't actually make the puppet. The the the, the key to being a good puppet performer is knowing how to make a puppet breathe. 
when it has no lungs. Make a puppet see even though its eyes don't work. Uh, make a puppet, you actually believe that that puppet has vocal cords even though they are your vocal cords. So you have to stay constantly in a little bit of movement and a little bit of motion. We, Jim Henson called it playing a game with the audience and you guys referred to it on the last podcast, uh, a magic trick. And mm-hmm. it's true. It kind of is because we're creating an illusion. Puppets that don't have feet, the way we move to make them look like they have legs that are hitting the ground and sometimes we add sound effects to that. Um, the way we'll do a double take to make it seem like that puppet is, you know, has eyes that move. There are people who swear that Miss Piggy used to bat her eyelashes at Kermit, but her eyelids never had a mechanism to them. I am one of those people and you just blew my mind. Because it all, because it's an angles game. We, the reason why we look at a, a, an a angles yeah, game. We look at a monitor so we can see the camera. Mm-hmm. And then what we're able to do, we can look straight into the camera by, you know, and it's hard because when we move to our right, it's camera left. I was just going to ask. It's so not, it's it's not, not a like mirror. performing puppetry in front of a mirror. No. Yeah. So you have to years to learn to have that be second nature. So then if you move, if you look at that lens directly and you're staring right in it, then you look a little, like a millimeter up from that. Suddenly that puppet seems thoughtful. And you look a little bit down and suddenly that puppet seems pensive or depressed. Um and it's the angles of Miss Piggy sort of tilting her head at Kermit or doing this little like sweeping thing or doing those things that she'd do with her body. Those things make up for the fact that her eyelashes don't move. I don't believe we you. Do I these broad moments. We do these broad they movements to make up fake, for those the, things. I don't know which movie it was. It might have been the second one. We'll get to that. Well, yeah. But they put on like just surprised freak show karate yeah. eyes on her Oh, once. that was the first one. Yeah. That was Muppet Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. I know. I was yeah. freaked out by it when scary. I scary. I'm like, that's not the puppet I know. <laughs> oh, I got freaked out in uh, I don't in like change. Great Muppet Caper when they, all they did was take a photo oh, of right, them, the and it blinds everyone, and yeah. so all their eyes are just white with tiny dots. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's not what they look like. Yeah. You know and he's and he's or when Gonzo all... said he he was resuscitating Camilla. Yeah. yeah. And he he said that they're now engaged, and his eyes went. Yeah, now Gonzo has a little mechanism. So his oh, he's got a little mechanism, all right. (laughs) Gonzo. Gonzo's eyelids have a tiny mechanism. Some puppets do have a mechanism of some kind. No, Miss Piggy does not have a mechanism. I don't believe you. But she does blink, Miss right? Piggy, she, blink. she blinks, Kermit right? Kermit doesn't have a mechanism. Does Miss Piggy blink? Miss Piggy does not blink. Does Frank I hear Oz she blinks. Blink. Frank Oz does blink. Okay. He's got many mechanisms. Okay. <laughs> He's a man of Frank, many mechanisms. Frank Oz has his little scanners in it, so when, when one eye blinks, the other eye blinks automatically. Right. <laughs> but to suffice it to say, when we're, we're working with our arm over our head, we have to make sure that our heads aren't in the shot, so sometimes we're ducking down like this. And our hand, or dot... I like to say dominant hand. Usually it's a right hand, but there are some left-handed puppeteers who puppeteer with their left hand. So mm-hmm. Jennifer Barnhart likes to say dominant hand. So your dominant hand is in the puppet's mouth. Well, the uh, left hand is sinister. You know that. Well, uh, that's a that's she a should have had that, for She should time. have had that removed yeah. in grade school. <laughs> and, and then use the correct hand. That's right. Or well, the right hand. Well, it's interesting because one of the it's one of the reasons why many Muppets are left-handed. Are they also play guitar left-handed. They play guitar, and that's why, because, because a puppeteer's left hand is working that arm rod. Yeah. Yeah, just as thrilled as I was when Kermit would actually go yes. to a higher chord, his yep. hand went up. I was pretty thrilled with that. Yeah. yeah. But they all played left-handed. Yeah, because if your right hand's doing the mouth work, 
Your left hand is manipulating either the arm rod or in the case of Cookie Monster or Fozzie Bear or in what we call a live hand puppet, they are physically in like a glove where you can then pick mm-hmm. up something. And they're right-handed. And then Do you play mas- uh, the a masseuse afterwards with people huh. just doing this all day and stuff? Stretching is important. Stretching is really important. Yeah. Uh, it because it's like not I'm... just your – people say, oh, your hand must get tired. It's your forearm. It's your shoulder. It's yeah. your neck. It's a, There have been puppeteers who what about What about sciatica. these babies right here? What about the old thighs? Well, if you're – Get down to a horse stance of <laughs> Saying if you're rolling around yeah, on the and ground, you're on, you're on your knees, and <laughs> we try not to do knees, try not to do that. But do you, you on don't Sesame, we're like scooting ourselves across the floor. Yeah, your legs get tired. I like that you. you have the, I did. No, we try not to do knees. Like it's oh, all these things have been worked out years before. Yeah. No, people have ruined themselves doing this. Well, because so we don't go down on our knees. You're anymore. young, so you don't know. Oh, that's what I like no, to look I'm like. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am old enough to know so, people sorry, who me. have said. Take care of your knees. If you do nothing else in your life, take care of your knees. Oh, no, that's why I'm on the elliptical and not running. The rest of your life is How? Right? I'm always at it. I was born on an elliptical, Yeah, I will die on an elliptical. I'm not going to go run. i got to keep these beauties going. Low impact is key. No, no, knees and back. Don't ruin them now, kids. There are now, but there have been times where, yeah, you're tempted to... Also, the sun... Yeah. I know this is off Me topic, too. but stay out of the sun. Absolutely. Sure. It's bad okay. for your skin. It's bad for your skin. I have and it's hot. eight parasols. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no. I'm and not that you kidding. use them all at once, like a big parasol bouquet <laughs> yes. that you carry around. Yeah. Are you like the penguin where you have some that hypnotize people and some that shoot like smoke? No, at mine are really boring. Some you can use in the ah. rain. No. Well, I'll and some are just pretty. Since we started talking about the films a little while ago, yes. yeah. here's what we're going to do. Thanks, Hal. <laughs> A little. While. I try. Look, I try to jump in. I'm doing my best. I I like to think of myself as the Kermit of oh, this panel, wow. trying to keep it together. Impressive. But also hopelessly going to fail, <laughs> which I love. Uh, we're we're discussing, as we said, the first three Muppet films. I know that there are people who, when they heard it, was like, oh, "It's clearly Muppets from Space." Somebody actually said that. Uh, and other people are like, Muppet Treasure Island. What about Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, we're only doing the three for which Jim Henson was alive mm-hmm. and working as a puppeteer. Uh, so uh, Stephanie, who is here on this panel, has put together short trailers for each of the films. To refresh so, your memory. Yeah, we're, we're going to go through them one at a time. We're going to talk a little bit about them. And, and once we've seen all three and talked about them, then we will decide once and for all which is the greatest of those three films. I'm sure everybody here has a strong opinion about it. Mm-hmm. So, I see him way more Scooter than I am Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking, I mean, physically, it's more of that Rolf dog thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Right? It's the animation and the way, and the way you it's move. It's the animation. Yeah. I'm saying in spirit. Yeah. I'm more but of a Rolf. In spirit, I'm seeing a little bit of Scooter in there. I'll take it. Kermit, hey, let's put on a show, and then Scooter is... How are we going to put that show on? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 15 seconds, Mr. Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a duality. Yeah. Of a man. Yeah. You're Hell, the, you were going to little... keep us going? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I'm supposed well, to. I'm the, I, I'm the derailer of these uh, tracks. Let's, let's watch the first of these uh, clips from 1979. It's the original Muppet movie. The Muppet movie, huh? Hmm. Let's see. Exterior Swamp Day. You've got talent, kid. You can make millions of people happy. Millions of people happy. Kermit B. Frog! Simple of Doc Hopper's French fried frog legs! There's $500 in it for you. Mm. You could be earning this much 
every year. Don't you want to be rich and famous? Not working for you, I don't. The frog is right. You're asking him to do something terrible. I can't be a part of it. I'll double your percentage. This is a narrative of very heavy-duty proportions. It's that movie. He's got to keep his little froggy self away from this hopper dude. Too true. Too true. He <laughs> touched me. Ugh, go watch. You'll get what? No, you see, that's just a myth. That's a myth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have a dream, too. I want to go to Bombay, India and become a movie star. He picked up a weirdo. Bro, bro, the dog. Pleased to meet you. We am, is, are, and be. Waka, 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 waka. The electric mayhem. Myth Piggy. Whisper sweet nothing into my ears. Motorcycle cop. Motorcycle cop is a sweet nothing? Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lover, the dreamer. Got a dream too, but it's about singing and dancing and making people happy. Prepare the standard rich and famous contract with Kermit the Frog and Company. I've seen detergents that leave a better film than this. Oh, <laughs> the flame is okey dokey. Oh man, that's the movie that made me want to be an actor. Yeah. Yeah. From when I was little, like that was really? absolutely. What, what, you want to do a cameo with puppets? I was sort of like, no, it was. Look just, at that Moonbow go just at the end, <laughs> at the end of his career, just coming on and winking to me. Man, I want to do that. I fancy myself a Milton Berle, <laughs> an Imogen Coco, maybe, <laughs> mayhaps. No, was it a, was mean, it the rags to riches Hollywood story? It was the yeah. it was the end of the movie. Yeah. It's the we go to Hollywood. Ah. We we. I was talking to Hodgman about this the other day and he uh, brought up a point that I loved which was yeah they you, it's a whole movie where at the the finale of the movie is them getting some cardboard and paint and remaking for you at the end of the movie the yes. movie you just watched yes <laughs> yes and then the whole life is a movie write your own ending keep believing keep pretending like this that sort of was one of those like yeah and not selling I'm out I'm going to do this and not, Hollywood and not selling out yeah. to yeah. the man yeah not doing commercials. Well, look, <laughs> even though they're very lucrative, we all got to we all got to work. <laughs> yeah. right. Y'all got to pay the rent. Yeah. I'll take a that's job that's five hundred dollars a year. I was gonna say five hundred dollars a year. I could be making that much. I'll pay you five hundred dollars. Uh, also, what a villain in this. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the man who won an Oscar for what a ten-minute role in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I mean, oh, this did he really? Yeah, Charles Durning. Huh? No, oh, nominated. He didn't win, nominated. but still nominated for a ten-minute role. Come on. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a man who he appears on a screen. Yeah. And you want to know what's up with him? Yeah, but for me as a kid, after the movie was over, I just replaced him with Boss Hog. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's like the dyslexia. Oh, sure. I I've, I've written words like, with sixes in them as Bs. You mean like Tom so? I'm ready to flip any person into another person. So I'm like, boy, that Tom. what a great episode of the Duke Boys I just saw. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that like, was amazing. Tom? I like how Kermit was on the television show with the Duke. I, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, yeah. That was amazing. In a Studebaker. Because it had that kind of like, oh, I'm I'm wearing all white and oh, deep. This isn't my favorite Muppet movie. I, I, is it okay if I start taking sides already? Because you can take a, you certainly can take sides. Because I'd love to. 
Um, I'd love to take a side right now. What do you what that, do you like about this movie, Doc? It has one of the best jokes in the history of the moving image. What? Ooh. Oh my! At Ooh. Like a, a mind blowing joke that every time I say it, little hairs stand up on the back of my neck. Like it's that good of a joke. It's like the perfect song, which is "Bear Left, Right Frog." <laughs> It yeah. is a four-word joke that. Is oh amazing. my! Oh my! When that happened, I'm like, <laughs> what? Who's the egg? Who's the chicken? When did they? When did they craft that? And how did they wait all that time to deliver it in this movie? <laughs> I would have. I would have blown that so early. Just like I burn that in yeah. seventy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like an like a Bayer aspirin ad. Here it is. Boom. <laughs> I can't keep it in. It's that good. But they, this they 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 saved a lot of things for this for this film. This is the first time you really got to see the Muppets out in the open. It mm-hmm. was so yeah. so technically this is an achievement. Uh, you, obviously you were going. How did they do that when oh, with the bike? When Kermit was on the bike. Yeah, I, bike. I knocked over. I stood up and knocked over a chair, screaming no when I first said <laughs> no no no. Like it's holding on because gravity now was it was. Up for grabs. It was a myth. How does everything work? <laughs> Stephanie, how did they do it? Uh, well, I want to. I want to talk about that. It they, was the, magnets. Out, the outdoor thing. You know, yeah. That was the first time the Muppets were shot outdoors. In fact, they had to do a whole set of sixteen millimeter camera tests with the director James Frawley. And some of those are actually upstairs in the exhibit. You can see them. They did not know just if because that would of work. the lighting in the studio. Yeah, they didn't they know if so... the Muppets would look like they belonged in the world mm-hmm. if they were outside of a fake set. Okay, how... so how do you ride a bike? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I... First of all, you would you might be interested in knowing that's not the first time Kermit ever rode a bike. It's the first time I saw it. Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas was the first time. Uh, Kermit oh, rode a bike. barbecue! Bless my spirit. That's yeah. my oh, he I introduces love that one. the movie. He's riding a bike. He runs into a lamppost. He flips over on his bike. That's so right. he wipes out in both of these situations. Right. Oh, my riding goodness! Bikes. How was it done? So basically. It's the one time where Kermit is essentially a marionette. Kermit is a remote-controlled Kermit on the bicycle. His feet are attached to the pedals. Right. Kermit is... So, one of the illusions that we have, for example, if Emmett Otter is rowing the boat, Emmett can't row the boat, but if you attach his hands to the oars and have a mechanism mechanism to make the oars go, it will look like... The boat is essentially puppeteering Emmett. So in this case, as long as the bike is moving and the wheels are moving, which makes the pedals move, which makes the feet of Kermit that are attached to the pedals move. Uh, did they just the throw a up. Kermit no, and go? Uh, like I said, it's, a ma- it's essentially the bike was a giant marionette, as was Kermit. So it was worked overhead, and if you look Strings. very closely, you can see fine, fine monofilament. Monofil. Well, monofilament. When they did, um, do you remember the episode? I, I think it might have been the second movie, yeah. Caper, where they everybody was yes. riding. Yes, and that. that. Yeah. What was above that? And they well, weave in and out of one another. Yes, and those were two cranes. But um, Jim Henson even said himself, once we figured out how to get one Muppet to ride a bike, it was actually easier to get a bunch of Muppets to ride a bike because... And it's, again, it's, it's just the genius, um, being able to disguise a rod between uh, the yeah, hub yeah. of oh. the wheels that connects one bike to another bike. So if you'll they notice, they're scattered yeah. when you in see their like formation. a show and it's like a bunch of mannequins, but yeah. they've all got the cane. And if you look really closely at Muppet Caper, 
the front wheel is of one bike is attached to the back wheel of another bike is attached. Mm. So it's like a almost like a daisy chain of bicycles, which then was not only some of it run from overhead, it was being towed by a giant tricycle way in the foreground that you can't really see because there are a lot of other kids and stuff riding their bicycles was alongside there a huge of it. M- like Muppet guy. No, on the Brian tricycle? Henson was one of the people driving one of the tricycles. Did he have that? Um, was he dressed like Sweepy or whatever? That did no, just, he just, no, Sweetums. Sweetums, yeah. yeah. It was just Sweepy. Sweepy was Popeye. Oh, um, Popeye baby. Popeye baby about, with no legs. Let's talk about some Speaking more of no great legs. things that we love about this original Muppet movie. The music. The music. Oh, yeah. Paul Williams. Paul Williams' right? music in the original Muppet movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we did a there. There's been um at 54 below in New York City. There have been a couple of evenings that have been put together of of Muppet music played yes. sung by various. Max I've, Crum did that. That's right. Amazing. And yeah. I did. I've done a few of those nights. And essentially, the one thing that's uh go it, it, we're basically doing the entire Muppet movie soundtrack because yeah. every song from the Muppet movie is sung. Like not everything from all the movies or Sesame Street are represented. What are the big but... hits in that? Rainbow Connection, clearly. Yes. Right. Um, Monster hit. Moving right along. Moving right along. Oh, right. Can you picture that? Is yeah. the introduction. I of... do not yeah. like that song. I love. Oh, it's a really great song. Yeah. yeah. Anytime that the Doctor Teeth band played, first of all, I, I don't like music in films. I'm that guy. Just or ki- in general or kissing. What? <laughs> what? I'm like an eight year old. Yeah, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I, I would say that, like, musicals, I, I turn them down. I'm like, stop with this singing. It's barely moving the narrative forward, and it's like everybody knows the lyrics suddenly. Do you know like, what I do for a band? living? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't matter. I, I, I live I in between it. those breaths. <laughs> I'm 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 hoping it stops happening quickly. This, this is Doc Hammer lives in between your breaths and <laughs> yeah. all of your nightmares. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please, no, I I am, I am the pillow. thing that lives between the breath of song and wow. kissing and that little area of like I just want Neil Simon all the time. <laughs> so I want I want I want. You Muppets, want Plaza Suite? Muppet that's sitting. I want Muppet sitting. I'm not offending you, am I, by saying no. that I don't like musicals? You are entitled to your opinion. I just feel like maybe I should leave. If I am I, a I, I just don't like singing in movies. I don't. Well, have you tried it? But got yet, two are you ready for this? I love so many musicals, and I don't know why. Is it the challenge? You do... <laughs> Well, maybe you like good musicals. Maybe you just don't like yeah. bad musicals because right. there are a lot of them. There's yeah. not many musicals that I want to hear the music from, with the exception of, are you ready for this? Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. That's, uh, that's... I, lo- I love that that 39 Lashes. That's cool. But everything else is like, there's such moments of their time, and a lot of them don't transcend that moment. And that's why... The Dr. Teeth stuff, it's so of its moment. It's that there's a guitar solo going through the whole thing. And right. It, it, it's too locked in its moment. So you don't like those but, that are dance? But like Rainbow Connection, I can handle. It's so fine. I'm guessing that then you just don't like things that are dated. I don't like things that, that are dated. You like things that are timeless. When thi- yes, because when things right. are dated, there's something a little too yeah. wrong with them. Things that are timeless, like a frog playing banjo yeah. on a log. I get that. I get that. That's yeah. forever. Okay. You know, sure. since since that frog came out of the primordial ooze, picked up a banjo, and played Rainbow <laughs> Connection, that has been going on since the dawn of frogs who can play banjos. You know, I, the kids I, are leaving. I so badly. Yeah. 
I so badly want to dig deep on you not liking kissing in movies, but at some point it it's will be Tuesday. something that happened when I was like seven, but uh, and I can't get rid of it. Let me finish answering your question. I hope that something better comes along. Yes. Yeah. And never before, never again. Never before, never yeah. again. Uh, I'm going to go back there someday. someday. Uh-huh. Great. So uh, oh, I love... I saw a comedy show that the only earnest moment in the entire comedy show was when she sat down and sang, I'm going to go back there someday. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Um, I love Demet Otter's jug band Christmas music. I remember that. That's also yeah. Paul Williams. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I don't like Paul Williams. He's he's lovely. Despite his hairline and height, he's a lovely man. <laughs> I don't know him personally. <laughs> he really is a wonderful He person. seems to be a lovely he man. Is. Well, he's here right now, Mr. Paul Williams. <laughs> Face your accuser. Um, he, didn't, was he in that weird movie with the falcon? Phantom of the Paradise? Yeah. We great. have got to talk about Muppet movies at some point, you guys. This is tangentially a Paul Williams affair. No, but Paul Williams did, has written more music for Muppets than any other composer outside of the Sesame Street gang. Because he wrote Emmett Otter, he wrote Muppet Movie, uh, Emmett he, did, he did Muppets, uh, mm-hmm. going beyond Muppets Christmas Carol and Muppets Letters to Santa, and he was in an episode of the Muppet so, Show. W- would anybody agree that the, the amount of stars that show up and do a little bit inside a Muppet Movie has any bearing on the quality of that Muppet Movie? No, I think it's something to consider the quality of the cameos and maybe the number. They they certainly th- listen when you're making a Steve movie. Steve Martin is mind blowing. He's he's yeah. great. Yeah. Mind blowing. I think I think when you're making a movie, not knowing whether or not it's ultimately going to be received well, this is uh, for all in, intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that a lot of this was an experiment. We don't know if this will work or not. That's we exactly believe right. it will. Yeah. So let's throw every single person we can get to appear in this film, yeah. every favor we can ask, everybody we know, yeah. and see if they'll come be in it. So it really is the, the kitchen sink of of the Muppets from from the the amount of meta in it, yeah. which I think degrades over films I, over the over the series of the films mm-hmm. to the quality of the cameos. I, I mean, it's over the series of films. Do you mean past the original three? Just from the three, just from these right. three. Because when when Gonzo, I think it's the second one, is going. How long do these credits last? Right. That's yeah, still, that's 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 still amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. still funny. Yeah. It's still what somebody calling out the for? fact that this is but a fourth I, wall experience. I mean, within the story to have Miss Piggy take a call from her agent yeah. and yeah. find out it's a commercial. Take it. Take and, it. Then, and then just <laughs> leave. Excuse Bye. me. And then just takes <laughs> off. Bye. That's yeah. like, it still works. Such a brilliant bit that I'd forgotten watching it. By the way, I, the, if Another thing we can measure in these films is how many times I cried watching it. Mm. I cried three times <laughs> watching this film, including in the first one, the opening sequence. Yes. When was the last time you'd seen it before this refresher? It had been a few years. Yeah. I w- I'm going to say at least five years oh, wow. since I had okay. just sat and watched it. Yeah. And it was I was on the plane to New York watching. I watched all three of them. One, two, three. Wow. So I've seen all three of them. I-, I watched them all on Thursday. Wow. And I was sitting in a full row. Just every once in a while, with tears in your eyes, going. I always find it really moving to see these films at a place like this. We we screened these movies here. Uh, my husband Craig Sheman, president of the Jim Henson Legacy. Craig Sheman, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And <laughs> actually, though, it, it's a, it's amazing to watch a film that you've seen a bunch of times with people who've never seen it before, and right. you're hearing that response for the first time, and you're reminded again of like. Oh, yes, this is, yes, it is funny. Yeah. You know, you can hear a joke 20 times and maybe not laugh as loudly, but when everyone else is hearing it for the first time, you laugh a little it's louder. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And you, and you, and same thing, you feel the things. Yes. Harder, too. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we've sort of talked about the Muppet movie right. a little bit. We're going to talk about it more, but first, 
Uh, let's jump ahead to 1981. The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. Queen of London Rob. And we'll catch those jewel thieves for you. We're actually in Great Britain. We'll never get to England now. Places where you can park your carcasses. The Happiness Hotel. I'd hate to see what the sad one looks like. My thing is my life. I shall accept nothing less. I can offer you a job as a receptionist.
The first time yes. it happened. It's the longest song in the film. Know. That's with the dance break and everything. Yes. Yeah, and it's glorious. Um, yeah, what do you guys like? I, I well, I liked it because, you know, when you, see, when you watch it when you're young, you you get, like, all the stuff you want. Like, oh, this could be actually cool. And mm. I did like costume dramas. I know I didn't like singing and kissing. Loved costume <laughs> dramas. Loved them. Like, if My Fair Lady had no kissing, no singing, best movie I've ever seen. There's Just no, there's no kissing down, in My Fair Lady. Hands down, the best movie I've ever seen. There's, there's no kissing in My Fair Lady. They never kiss. Well, Pickering and, and uh, uh, Higgins. But they do like a sing. A gentle, manly peck in between them. As men would. Which cut did you see? I did. Well, the, <laughs> this one. The one. I'm, <laughs> the one I'm working out of my head. But uh, uh, I, I liked the fact that they come on and they go, "We're going to be playing characters, and I'm going to be this, and I'm going to yeah. be that." And then they they go to London and solve a caper in mm-hmm. fantasy trope no time. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is somewhere between 1900 and now. But it that's, the, that's one of the beautiful things of it because you put Gonzo in a trench coat with an old timey camera, and a yeah. trench coat can be from any. And the Argyle sweater, which also shows up in the next film. I love oh, Gonzo. There you go. Again, I love fashion in films. I love the, also, the Britain, costumes in this film never get talked about, so I love that you're beautiful. mentioning it. They really they're beautiful. That was that, I. I, I, I look on those things a lot. Also, Miss Piggy's hair also dictates oh. the power of a film to me. Yeah, yeah. I do love the last one, but that. Tight perm. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. It's not flattering to her face. In the third movie. But it, it was, it was 1984, the 80s. Yeah. and that's what yeah. was happening. Yeah. I'm sad to. She's a full faced woman, and I was something a little, a little, something that would elongate the form. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I was. Not I the was, big Farrah Fawcett giant waves that she had in the first one, but something. The second one I, th- I thought was an elegant. Yes. Waving curls. Yeah, but you, she got married in that terrible perm. Now what's she looking at? Her and Kermit are looking at those pictures. Like, I look, I look, I look terrible. And Kermit, you always look the same. You haven't aged. But I lo- look at my hair choice. Welcome to womanhood, my friends. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. My sisters agree. Yeah, Kermit hasn't changed since she removed the second ruff under his neck. But since then, wow. he, just, he just doesn't age. Deep cut, double color Kermit reference. I'm yeah. Impressed. Fashion is how it goes impressed. for me. He does so. know his Muppet fashion. Yeah. Fashion is, yeah. yeah. No, but I was having this conversation with someone that no one talks about the costumes in this movie and like the three uh, Charles Grodin's ladies, Carla, Marla, and Darla. Yeah, those are amazing. And that scene oh, by yeah. the elevator, they have little hat pins with their initials on them if you look closely. There's a little C, a little M. Yeah, it's, oh, wow. it's adorable. It, is it because the whole thing is happening with a fashion designer you've got some of it but i, I think that the, this movie is a love letter to hollywood it's a mm-hmm. love letter to old school hollywood musicals yeah. uh, it's a love all the movie tropes are there mistaken identity jailed for a wrongful the reason busby people berkeley. break the busby berkeley people breaking yeah. out into song the kinds of dances the getting ready for the big date dance mm-hmm. the you know the fred astaire moments the the denouement i mean and it's funny uh, you know the big water ballet the fantasy moments every trope in the TCM you know in the in the, that you'd see on TCM yeah. is hit with this movie and I'm this movie really is an underrated movie musical it, whether be it yeah. Muppet or non it really should be held up with all of the great classic films you know of the of the 50s this hits all of that and it's shot beautifully yeah. it's shot yeah, with that, that in mind so yeah. the story hits it 
the costumes hit it. I think that's what I was saying. The costumes hit it for that reason. The shots hit it for that reason. And, and the jokes land really well. The idea oh, that, that yeah. Kermit and Fozzie are twin brothers. Yeah. And no only when they wear their ours. hats. That's right. And then Jack Warden saying, I knew your father, and then shows a picture. <laughs> Monster of both of them. Kermit. Oh, and that's the other trope, the grizzled old newspaper editor <laughs> yeah. trope yeah. that's in every movie. Like, I love that. They hit all of those beats. Uh... I want to I want to talk briefly about one of my favorite th- elements of this movie is the Happiness Hotel. Uh, uh-huh. The Happiness Hotel just because the Muppets in the first movie left uh, they left the Muppet Studio and the, or the Muppet Theater and they came out into the real world. It was the first time you're seeing Muppets in the real world, and then they go to London and they find a place <laughs> that is like a Muppet haven in the real world. <laughs> Because you don't see the rest of the movie. There's not a ton of Muppets elsewhere. But the ratio of Muppets to non-Muppets in the Happiness Hotel is... It's where all the Muppets just wind up. It's a Muppet discount. Yeah, Yeah, there's a deep, deep Muppet discount. When the Muppets go into the real world, like they they eat. Yeah. And and nobody's just like, Muppets. (laughs) Those are are like, there's a guy under the table. And their hands are eating. Isn't that weird? Like, not, that never happens. <laughs> Their hands are eating. <laughs> Their hands. Oh, in the third film, do you remember, do you remember when Kermit, I'm jumping around, Kermit goes into like a Sardis and puts his picture up. Yeah. yeah. And goes and eats and tries to cause that, what was it, the whisper panic yeah. or whatever yeah, he called it? Yeah. yeah, the whisper campaign. Wouldn't they do that even if he didn't put his picture up? Like, that's Kermit the Frog. He's made out of like felt and stuff. <laughs> And there's a guy under him. But in New York, you see that every day. I mean, that's not necessarily oh, no, I, unusual. When, when I go eat, I'm under the table with my hand up there. Hello, can we have a... Yeah. Of course. But, the, I, but I think but I have a sock. I think it's an old school sock that I like to eat with. But I think that speaks to what really worked for the Muppets back then, is that people didn't look at it as an odd thing. That no, yeah. none of the actors right. in those movies said, well, you're a frog and you don't really look like a frog. Right. You look like a puppet frog. You look like a Muppet. Like He does not I, look like I, a frog. No, he doesn't. No, but they'd no. say, you know, Doc Hopper would say, the, the frog's right. The bear's right. And and people believe it. And that helps the audience believe it. And no. in these films, nobody did a wink-wink. And speaking of nobody doing a wink-wink, can I just say Charles Grodin? Is yeah. the I perfect mean, villain in this movie. He's great. But also... <laughs> There's never a moment where you don't believe he is in love with that. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. His because he is staring into those blinking eyes. Those plastic <laughs> eyes that don't move. No, they're, they're, there's a but mechanism. But they sparkle. If you notice, there's a little, there's a little, little, uh, little diamond and the little, little crystal in there to catch the light. I did notice that. I was then I started looking at the other Muppets. Yeah. Going, do they all have a, a little light refraction? And then I started thinking, like, there's every big name Muppet. Realize, you know, you have Link Hog, whatever his Hogthrod? name. Link Hogthrod, yeah. yeah, real eyes. Everybody's working with little black dots. Gil, Jill, little, you know, yeah, they have all the other pigs. Carmen has yeah. better eyes. Yeah, every, when that's how you know you're in the presence of a star Muppet. They don't have little black eyes. Even Julius Ooh. Strangepork has the beady eyes. Yeah, so yeah. he doesn't. He's like. Somehow he gets to hang out with the full eye pigs. Yeah, but Even then yeah. full eye pigs. Yeah. He, well, his mother was a full eye pig. What so do they you know? You're not with them. But then Floyd has no. Floyd has tubes. Yeah. yeah no, he Janet's, does. Janice's eyes are closed. I'm always looking at Janice's hair. Yes. 
The grass. Well, we, first you look at it, and you're like, I know what that feels like. I know the texture of her hair. You know, because the other ones, you're like, oh, I know what marabou feels like. But that, you're like, I think my dad had a spool of Janice hair in the in the, the drawer next to the sink. That, it's that special cording. And then you're trying to see how that little ponytail is working. And it like, that might be knotted inside her skull. And you're not wrong, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. But I, and then you want to touch it in your mind. <laughs> By the way, speaking uh, of Janice, she has another one of my favorite bits oh, in the yes. film, which is every time there's group walla yes. and they die down, she's oh, finishing so a terrible truth about herself yes. <laughs> that she's been su- like they're talking about a plan and she's like, "Well, one time in college, man." Yeah, I, know. Know. It's the, it's yeah. The, I think in the third one she's buddy. talking about doing nudity in a no, scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second one. Look, buddy, I don't pose for yeah, I don't pose for anyone, even if it is artistic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this movie uh, had my favorite joke in it, also of the Electric Mayhem, um, and it's when they're they're playing the Happiness Hotel song, and uh, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem take a musical break, and uh, animals just going wild on the drums, and Kermit turns to uh, Kermit turns to Floyd and says, oh, "Wow, your drummer seems really angry." And Floyd goes, "Yeah, it's because he's missing the uh, Rembrandt exhibit yeah. at the National Gallery." And you just hear uh, Animal from off-screen correct him, Renoir! <laughs> like, that joke to me is mwah, sublime. Um, should we go check out the third, uh, the, yeah. the third movie? Sure. From 1984, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Together again. Let's go to Broadway! Together again. And we've got a show that we think you're going to want to produce on Broadway. And it opens with a great number. It goes like this. You can't take no for an answer. We're going to get this show on Broadway. You can't take no for an well, I'll be on Broadway tomorrow. Songs, dancers, shootings. I don't know. We failed, okay? Tried and we fail. We do depend on him too much. Like, he feels too responsible for us. We've had some job offers. They're kind of out of town. We go bye-bye. We still believe in the show. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to sell that show, and we're all going to be on Broadway. It's totally today, yet tremendously timeless. And I am giving you first look because we're like family. It's dancing. It's music. It's potatoes. My name's Jenny. I'm Kermit. Hi, Kermit. I'm a frog. Oh, Kermit. You gave Jenny the huggies? My frog turned on me. I care! Well, I care, too! Well, why don't you say so? I just did! So put some jello down your pants. But I want to produce your show on Broadway. Tell Piggy she's going to be a star. He's not your Piggy. He's playing. He's dying. The writer and the star of my show is missing. You have amnesia. We have got to find Kermit. I'm looking for a frog who can sing and dance. If he can also balance the budget, I'll hire him. The show must go on. It's Kermit! We have a show to put on. Your show, and it's opening tonight. Yeah. If if the first movie's if the second movie was a, a love letter to old Hollywood, yeah. this one feels like a love letter to New York City. Yeah. Would you would absolutely? You guys agree but with it that? still has the same. Let's hit every trope we know. Like yeah. literally, let's put on a show and let's take it to 
Broadway, which of course New York needs that. Like, let's do a show by like Hicks in college about what they think New York is and put it in New York. It's exactly what we want to see. They're going to have a real fresh take on Manhattan. <laughs> you know, I, I always joke about imagining what the reviews the next day were for Manhattan Melodies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just think about. I mean, is, we don't really know if the show is any good. I think it would yeah. be terrible. I think Dabney Coleman, when he says, and there's shootings involved with yeah. this, and they're like, there's no shootings, there's only friendship and love, he might have had a point. Like, can we put, like, at least a car chase in it? Which I also don't like in films. <laughs> I don't, which is another reason why I think the first one has too many car chases. There's I, too many car chases. I would love to see you put a car chase on a Broadway stage. I, I, uh, I they would, just had a car chase. Did they really? Yes, in Groundhog Day. Did they? If you guys saw Groundhog Day, it was brilliant the way they did it. They did an overhead vertical view. Oh. So they had people come out with... Uh, Cars on sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aim them uh, so the sticks are uh, parallel to the floor, and what the audience seeing looks like an overhead view of oh, a wow. few city blocks as the cars are making their way around. Oh, it was I love gorgeous. I love good stagecraft. That's yeah. amazing. No, I, I, that really a, a car chase on a stage, I would love to see. In a movie, I don't want to see it. <laughs> it's, bo- it's boring. So French Connection is not your yeah, bag. You don't like. Well, that. there's a lot of talking in French Connection. <laughs> and no kissing? Do you just fast forward through a lot of it? I don't, well, if I know what's gonna happen at the end of the car chase, yes, I will fast forward. I will go, like, prepare some, a snack. <laughs> I groaned. When I was watching the, like, the last Star Trek, I'm like, I, I can make so many snacks. There's well, not enough talking. That, 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 you're talking apples and oranges, car chases in the last Star Trek there. Well, that had, that had car chases. It just, they weren't cars. And it was, Motorcycle. Car chase as a metaphor right. oh. for action that I know the conclusion of. I see. Right. Like in all And Star physically Wars- a, a car chase. I also don't want to watch cars yeah. chase. Like every Star Wars prequel. Right. You know yeah, except for Rogue One, which it didn't have as many car chases in it. There are fewer. Metaphorically. Car- yeah, quote unquote car yeah. chases. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. other ones did have a lot of car chases and physical car chases, but that so, has nothing to do with Muppets. Can I, so can I the songs from this one. Yeah. Can I give an unpopular Jeff hot take that's Please. tied to the to the music by Jeff Moss, which I actually like? The music, I, I really like the music in this I movie. cried at the beginning of this film and the end, just in case yeah. you're keeping Aww. score. Did not cry during the Great Muppet Caper. This, I will tell you, this is the, my least favorite of the three. And I this feel like Muppet, the, Muppet State Manhattan. Yeah, I feel like the Muppet Babies number, yeah. which yeah. I know a lot of people love, completely is in there just as a device that I don't care for. I, I would remove that from the movie. What is the I device? Thought it was a lot of fun. I thought did you think it was a spin-off device? What did you think no, that device no. was? Because I it was think, not designed it, to create the cartoon. It was not designed. No. no. What, what was it? Was it was just a device like, hey, we have this number. Let's do them as kids. And the thing is, like, what would it be like if we were kids and met? And then, okay, they're, first of all, are they siblings in this nursery? It is well, so probably love. Yeah. Are they all orphans? I don't know. Uh, we don't know. But it's imagined. It's I know. I understand what you're saying. Like when when, when Miss Piggy goes, if we met as kids, I would think that they would be in high school. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But or instead, in- they're they're infants. Yeah, and they're in some sort of weird camp of Muppets <laughs> where they're just kept in this one. You don't know wow. why they're there. Wow. Uh, I. Do you want my theory? <laughs> Does it matter if we want it? <laughs> Fozzie's a robot in that scene. <laughs> he's a robot, and he's he's the overlords put him in the in the Muppet Babies in this movie. Put him in to monitor the other Muppets because it's a breeding facility. Why Fozzie? 
Like, why him and not any of the others? No one suspects what, what the bear. About, what, what about Fozzie in the Muppet Babies number? Because Fozzie's funny, and you're ne- no one's ever going to be like, oh, the comedian little bear is a machine sent by the overlords to watch the breeding facility. You know it's a fantasy, right? <laughs> like, it's my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that Fozzie inside of that... Because I have the same I do love this movie. Yeah. I might, it might be one of my favorites, actually. Okay. That, but I also, not just because it's singing, which I don't like, I also have this kind of squeamishness to baby talk songs and that weird fantasy. Yet, are you going to say that Kermit isn't adorable? And then if they're, you're sitting there, you just go, oh, he's so cute. They're adorable. I love the song. I don't yeah. dislike the piece. It just feels like it doesn't fit there. Stephanie? Yeah. Well, it's what, more, I, I think, my, my problem with it, it, it is cute. And for what it is, you know, within the movie, it, it's what it wrought upon the world that I have a problem with. Oh, oh. Muppet Babies? Well, not just Muppet Babies. Remember, there was Flintstones Babies and Scooby-Doo Babies oh, and yeah. all those sure. other baby shows that came in yeah. the 80s. You're Nightmare too on young. Elm Street Babies. You remember. I, I Remember you're, them. You're young. I like to think so. Okay, but. good. No, you, you you just look so fresh faced. Well, it's I do drink virgin blood <laughs> and baby blood, which is virgin blood. I Learn like that to point that out. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's uh, how I keep this yes. young pallor. Also, stay out of the sun. Yeah, stay out of the sun. <laughs> but but seriously, like what the Muppet Babies wrought upon Saturday morning, I it sort of makes the, me feel terrible inside to the know that chronologic. Progenitor yes. of that. Yes. Let's make everything babies. Yes, baby because oh, wow. it wasn't until the success of that moment in the film that anybody thought about doing Muppet Babies the show. That was well, not it's, it's the, the, the same setting same out- and costume. Yeah, same right. outfit, same. But everything. it was not meant that in the movie it was never meant to be a spinoff. Right. It was just oh my gosh, this is really popular. And I think and Craig can back me up. The reason why it wasn't puppets is because Jim was so busy with other things. He was busy pre, oh, wow. pre, pre I think pre-producing Labyrinth even at that but time. Can, can we hate was, something? for what its imitators did. It was something so good and so powerful that everybody wanted to try it. Yeah. So it's hard to to hate this. If it spawned nothing, there's still a quality about it that I... I'll tell you why I love this movie. For a moment there, Kermit the Frog is dead. Just for a moment, Kermit the Frog is dead. I think he's just unconscious. They don't don't show unconscious. He's unconscious. No, there is a moment. There is a moment that there's a car accident. There's no light. And then they're talking about what happened to Kermit, what a mind can race and and wander and go, they just killed Kermit the Frog. No, because you see his head moving. Just That's very important. That's yeah. that thing she was talking about before. You don't want to keep it still. That's right. You got to give it a little he, life. He has a little life, and if you notice, he's made a shot. He's made a frog. The wind can make his head do that. And I'm, I'm too, I'm too busy in a panic to look saying, at, sir? To, to like go back and go. My job. It's, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. I'm just, I'm just saying that I'm watching a film, and I'm not looking. For, I'm not. Does he have a pulse? I see Kermit on the road. I hear car accident. I go. They killed Kermit. But that's what I'm saying. That's what we do to make you think that Kermit actually died. We make you believe he was alive to be. Begin with. Okay. Thank you. That's it. I didn't. I I hear a car crash and Uh, I see a Kermit lying in the street. I'm not going over there and like get a heartbeat on Kermit. I'm a kid watching this and I go, well, Kermit the Frog is dead. Till they resolve it. Temporarily unconscious. Yeah. This is. Um, Oh, it was. It was to give him the biggest trope in the world, which is amnesia, where he starts working with other frogs, which I remember loving when I first saw it. 
that, like, he, there's a, like, I have to go work with he's frogs. He's finally now. home with these kind of muted color frogs yeah. who work in advertising. And it felt like <laughs> so good to like. Jill, Phil. Yeah. Jill. 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 Yeah. yeah. Before Kermit was this isolated thing in my head, sure, there was a, a Robin mm-hmm. and those kind of things. But like the fact that there might be a town of frogs. And they worked in advertising. It yeah. made me feel good. And when Kermit went and became a part of that, I'm like, I think Kermit is home. I don't think he should go back into musicals. I think he should stay with these well, people. Like music. Mary Jill. Isn't it interesting that the first movie, Kermit spends his whole life running away from doing commercial work for the man. But then in the third movie, he's working in advertising. He's an ad man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they all go back to college in the third film. Like, they well, they're all, the first thing they yes. do is graduating from college. Yes. From theater school. Yeah. Theater school. Yeah. Is that what it was? Well, it was college, but they were doing a show. From Danhurst yeah. College? Um, yes. The fictional. <laughs> it does feel like... the I loved I loved all three of these movies. But yeah. um, this one, to me, it does feel... The plot of this one feels like they tried to fit in every trope that, was, that they hadn't used yet in a movie mm-hmm. or every plot device. So the plot for this one, it just seems kind of all over the map to me. It is a little weird. It's, but, but I think there's a lot to be said for the the very unique pacing that it has. Because mm-hmm. uh, th- there is something slow and gentle about the pacing of this mm-hmm. film where it's not boffo. It really is an unboffo film. Right. That there there's something beautiful about that. That these that these Muppets can take a, a pacing that you would barely use for like live action stuff that they do with puppets, I think is really Unique and gets you deeper into, oh, these aren't puppets at all. Yeah. These are just the characters that we love in a film. And Kermit's acting in this, like the act, right. the actual Jim Henson's acting mm-hmm. is over the top good. Yeah. If that was just Jim, you would go, this guy's a really great actor. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think when the one problem with Muppets that I have is that people always see Muppets first and then performing second yeah and and it kind of it's not as good for the performers because people are no longer wowed by the magic trick and not you know it's hard to Mm -hmm. be great in those things but you know jim henson and frank oz were really good actors this movie shows it i think more than the other ones i think there's on on the idea of these characters in this acting too the one thing that's great about this movie for me is that um it's there are such sad moments in it, like mm-hmm. the I when when this group gets split up when they, I mean not ultimately, but when they fail early on in the movie and they're like, well, this is not going to happen, and everyone goes their separate ways. They they go it because is, Kermit yells at them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kermit tells them that like he can't be solve all their problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're leaving to help him. To take the burden off of him, and it's they genuinely sad. It's yeah. genuinely when you saw this movie. Uh-huh. Yes, did you see when it came out? Yes. Yeah. So did that color your interpretation of it? Because when you saw the first one, you were you were much younger, and Muppets were a really powerful thing. But when you saw this one, did that have any color to why you don't think it's as brilliant as the first two? It, it felt dark to me, and it yeah. felt like mm-hmm. Kermit turning and yelling at them, and then going, "Sorry, I snapped." Like that was just a weird. It was a weird moment that didn't feel antithetical, but mm. I, I guess w- I have my idea of what the Muppets are to me, and that it, it did not feel like that. It felt like like I don't want to see them fight in that way right. mm-hmm. and see them have to split up. The scene with with um, where Rolf goes and is running a kennel 
or working at a kennel, which is a great. It's a great scene. His interaction, yeah. James uh, Coco. Yeah, his interaction <laughs> with James Coco, especially was like, "Are you going to write that down?" And Rolf just yeah. points at his head yeah. to indicate <laughs> yeah. that he's got a steel trap memory. memory. Yeah, uh, it is. Right, really down. great, but <laughs> even that becomes dark as soon as James Coco oh, leaves, and right. all the dogs all the dog. are like fresh meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah they start him. hazing the, the actual dog, him and they want to be let out of the cages. Yeah. And there's an odd turn where Rolf is in charge, and then he's howling with. It's very like it's super sad. They all have. It, I, I love the idea that that as a group, that these friends are stronger together than they ever will be apart, and that's a great. That's a great idea. Yeah, I had the exact. That's, to, that's had, the most important. That was that was where I was. But it gets aiming so with sad. That. I so wanted sad. everybody to never speak to each other again. I, I might be a monster because I didn't <laughs> have that reaction at all. I was like, "Well, Rolf seems to have a really good job. Like this, is, everybody got real jobs." Um, Gonzo was working with what six yeah. chickens doing a stunt show. Yeah, yeah like he's going to go back on the road after that. Was that's his dream job. Uh, Carmen is working with Progs. I think the fourth movie should have been just them living separate lives. <laughs> Darker. What a Robert Rock Where you get you to Sam the Eagle's divorce. Like, run right. that out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could say something and I'm not going to. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I think that that dark place you're talking about is where the last series went. And that, I, I was think, not happy when that series and, and started. I, yeah, and I think that that was what the, the Muppets is about positivity. The Muppets has been about mm-hmm. making your own family. Right. No, but I'm saying that the great thing about a Muppet character is that it has all of the emotions that we share. We identify with them, right. and they have to be able to be sad in order to be happy. You have to have failure in order to appreciate success. Right. You so want you the dark and the light. You can't just have tinky, tinky, tink. We're happy all the time because then that would be condescending and juvenile, and that's what people sometimes misconceive uh, the Muppets as being. Right. So you so you're it's only when you're, they get you, to those places you that like are real. The, when this one goes right. a little dark because it well, gets it, light again. Well, because things are learned and it's not darkness for darkness's sake. It's sure. not dark for cynicism's sake because like you said, they chose to go their separate ways to help their friend. Right. They thought they were being a burden on their leader. And it's and it's a step Right. And that, there's nothing cynical about strife. This is something where they genuinely feel like, oh my gosh, we're taking advantage of him. We rely on him too right. much. I entirely agree with He'd you. He'd be on better this. off. I didn't love the moment where Kermit, you know, yelled at him when I was a kid. Yeah. But at the same time, as an adult, I can appreciate like, hey man, the characters have to grow. And this, I think, was the attempt at, let's see where these characters are going to go. We don't mm-hmm. have a Muppet. This was the first film that was done after the Muppet show ended production. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, you know, because Muppet Caper, uh, they were in their last season of right. The Muppet Show. So this is where, this was probably the big experiment of where are these characters going to go? I don't think that when Jim created The Muppet Show, he thought this was going to be a forever thing. No, I, I, I would totally agree. But this also has, uh, although it has a big split, yeah. the ending of this movie is the marriage of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. I was just going to ask you about that. The ending isn't really an ending. I think that's a dramaturgical flaw in the film. Right. Mm-hmm. The, it's it is it's the not ending. an ending. Also, it is not terribly realistic that Kermit is going to go up on stage and end his Broadway musical debut getting duped by Miss Piggy into actually marrying him with 
oh, sorry, here's a real priest. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that if you let yourself go on this journey temporarily, you right. can get caught up in the suspension of disbelief. It is very pretty. It's it a is beautiful a very wedding. beautiful yeah. scene. It's got every Muppet known to man. There's yeah. a lot to distract you from the dramaturgical flaw that's about sure. to happen. Th- does that um, feel like fan service because there are so many people who enjoyed that coupling it was like they should get married and now you're now you're seeing because to I me that feels like we're not going to make more films with these characters we've given you the ending that you want we and now had we're an take int- a break. there was a conversation when frank did the panel here uh, a couple of weeks ago frank actually said it was a great way to see what would happen with the characters moving forward because you could argue they were really married they were there was a real priest it wasn't a real marriage it was a movie mm-hmm. that we made. So it was a It was way, a musical inside because, of a movie well, that they made. Well, because bear in mind, these aren't really just movies for movies' sake. No other actor lives their life as the character outside of a film. Even someone mm-hmm. playing James Bond is not going on the Today Show saying, so James, what about you and Moneypenny, huh? What's going right. on there? Right. But when Kermit and Piggy appear on a show, they are still, they are going on as characters. The characters live outside the shows and they live right. outside the films in a way that no other characters But do. Kermit and Piggy are still playing characters within a movie. Right. right. So what... Characters what, in a movie, in a play, in a movie. Right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> what, what Muppets Take Manhattan, I think, had to do for the characters at that time in the Muppets history is give something to move forward with. Mm-hmm. With no Muppet show happening, with, you know, but appearances were still happening. They still did things. Right. They still showed up. So... Let's give people something to talk about. Let's give the characters a place to go. And is that the best thing to happen in a self-contained movie? I don't know. Right. Um, but that's one rationale for that ending. I, I, it's not my favorite movie. I don't movie, hate the ending. Um, but it's not really an ending. Right. Like I was, I remember, I'm, I've always I would very like to see the Yeah, you want to see what the reviews are. <laughs> yeah, it's the ending of the, the musical, not the but movie. But that, that would we're be a seeing. very sad ending. I have a feeling it's just going to close in a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I saw there's art. There was artwork upstairs uh, for conceptual art of Muppets Take Manhattan, and in the conceptual art, I know the. The name that they wind up going with is, uh, what is it, Manhattan, uh, Melodies? Melodies. Yes. Um, but, uh, in the artwork upstairs, the, the, in the drawing, the musical that they are doing is called Moi with an exclamation point. <laughs> that would have been. It's like on a tiny <laughs> little yeah. drawing. It's just Miss Piggy on a poster and it's Moi is the show. And I love the idea yeah. of a musical just called Moi. Yeah. Starring Miss Piggy. Um, <laughs> We should start trying to figure out which of these is uh, is going to ultimately win and which movie that uh, these fine Muppet fans are going to be it's, watching. You, we, this can't be done. You, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. It's got to be done. I'm going to tell you the inherent flaw. Number one, it's a little bit. It's going to be the first movie. I can smell that on this stage. <laughs> You're going to believe that there are no bad bu- Muppet movies. You want the first you one. You are so wrong. You want the first You, you don't and know I, me uh, so I, I, am, <laughs> I am going to take whatever film nobody else wants because that's the idiot that I am. <laughs> yeah. So we, 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 did a, we did a best Star Trek film episode, and the first thing you said was, well, it's not Wrath of Khan. Yeah. No, I just what? I just don't want to be a, <laughs> Who wants to be a part of that discussion? What? So what do you think the best uh Devil Went Down to Georgia best uh song by uh The Charlie Daniels Charlie Daniels band? Right, okay, bye. Let's go. 
<laughs> you can't do that. You have to have this some sort of spirit of uh, investigation so people realize that all these films have something in them. Well, but sure. they they're all they're 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 too, look, no, so I that's know why I'm taking the underdog. All wonderful films. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking the underdog. I'm just gonna. I'm just You're gonna say that. Now, Mark, I would have. I would have pegged Mark as a Muppets Take Manhattan guy because it's let's put on a show and let's go. No, he's to, he's first or second film. I am. I am first film. For me, it is. It has always been the original Muppet movie. It is. Why? It gives an origin story for each of the characters. It does meta better than any other movie I've ever seen. Muppet or not. I think that uh, I think that the music and the songs are all perfect. It's got the perfect opening number. The 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 helicopter shot, shot. Yeah, straight beautiful. down into Kermit singing Rainbow Connection. It is to me a perfect movie. Interesting. It's it's hard to to not accept the songs in the first film are so good. Yep, so good. And second film, I didn't like the music that much. Third film. I think the songs are actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. But the first film, the songs are so good. Like, they're part of everybody's collective understanding of music. Everybody knows Rainbow Connection. Marching yeah. bands play it. I it's have, uh, I used to, one of my favorite things to do at a karaoke bar is to, uh, choose Rainbow Connection. Uh, they call me up, you know, they do the, like, they call a person up to the stage, choose Rainbow Connection, and then never go on stage. <laughs> and the whole bar sings the song. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. You choose Rainbow Connection, like, everybody do it! And the whole bar will sing Rainbow Connection. Yeah, so it's hard to say that, uh, and the novelty of it, to finally see these characters that were stuck on, you know, TV and Sesame mm -hmm. Streets and little places, walking around the weird, this, the, the actual world, driving real cars. You don't want to pick this movie, but you can't help I it. I can't can not, but yeah, but you I have this. You can't help but pick the Muppet movie. Uh, yeah, but when we get to the second one, I feel just as strongly. <laughs> Like there's that w the second one was also uh, a to finally see them not play themselves was mm -hmm. really a revelation. It was beautiful, especially when, for a kid. I was like, they're actors, you know. It's it's yeah. it's this huge amount of meta going on that like they're people with puppets playing in a movie about them playing characters in another movie. And as a kid, you grasp it just enough to go, wow. <laughs> there you go. And it, it, it meant something big. And the first one didn't have that, but it really did give you the idea that, like, they're real. The, mm -hmm. the, the movie goes off and they're still really walking around and stuff. And that's pretty good. But the second one, I think, was just had all those kind of things. And it had the stuff that I loved when I was younger, which is, you know, intrigue and costumes. No kissing. Not as much kissing as other films would Very have. Very few car chases. Uh, the first one had a lot of car chasing. But now, yes. you got, okay. There was a lot of, like, physical car chasing. We're going and, like, down the line switching. here. You have to pick one. You've got to pick one. You're picking the second film as your... You think is the best. You think that The Great Muppet Caper is the best of the three. I just want to know what you think the underdog would have been. Yeah. Muppets <laughs> Take Manhattan. I really think Muppet Takes Manhattan is the underdog. Because yeah. the yeah. novelty was... All the things had kind of been done in these first two. But yet... I really love Muppets Take Manhattan. I think it is mm. underrated as just a, uh, 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 like a successful musical film that people don't really talk about. And when I was discussing this with people, they were like, oh, Muppet Treasure Island and stuff. M Muppets Take Manhattan, people were like, eh, I don't quite remember that one. It really was a <laughs> weird moment that 
It was their waning hour. Well, Burger King didn't make glasses from Muppet Steak Manhattan, did they? I had the full set of Great Muppet Paper. Paper glasses. Yeah, sure. Oh, Lotto House. Yeah. The Happiness Chalk Hotel bus lid. wrapped all the Chalk way around the products for Great Muppet Paper. Oh, yeah. Shock yeah. full of lead. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's why they don't make those glasses. Yeah, don't, you don't drink out of those glasses. I drink out of my Miss Piggy crashing through on a Wait. motorcycle. Whoops. In the glass or the... Oh, or so the you guys have no idea what my hip is. I have permanent amnesia. Or the glass. Like, there was something about the way those particular glasses were made, were made with lead. That's why they don't make those kinds of glasses anymore. So which um, was your favorite movie? Just want to take a brief pause That's why here. they were so sweet and delicious when my tongue touched them. I, I not only have... All the great Muppet Caper glasses, but I have all the Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back Those, and Star yeah, Wars and sure. Snoopy glasses. My wife but and you I both need to be airlifted with me, but you'll to the nearest bread. medical center immediately. I mean, that's what I've, that's, that's the tale that's well, told. While, <laughs> before my brain turns Sorry. completely into liquid and pours out of my ears. Sorry. Stephanie. No, Stephanie. no, no. I'm, I'm diehard. Here like, I wanted to do this particular panel because I have very strong feelings about Great Muppet Caper. Here I think go. is one of the best she likes caper. I do. And I'll tell you why. Okay. So Muppet Movie is a classic, and the soundtrack is glorious, and it does have some of my favorite music in it. But you can you look at it, and you can tell it was an experiment. They weren't even using the best film stock. And as good a quality as we can get restored, it still has this grainy, not independent-looking film. But mm-hmm. it does have that independent film. Caper, my gosh, every penny is, uh, it is so beautiful in every way. It is so meticulous. I started counting the number of shots in some of these. In first time it happens, two verses and a bridge go by before there's a cut because it's all about the movement that's happening. He uses human extras and Muppet extras beautifully. And I mean, come on, just the, the writing is sparkling. And then you have these scenes with John Cleese out of nowhere the you have super a scene slow weird John with, Cleese scene. with Peter Falk out that is of an nowhere. amazingly long that but has it's, no yeah. point but it's, no, that I lo- it's brilliant I Again, love that it was like the, the movie stops for a second you yeah. get to watch That's Peter right. Falk talk to Kermit and he says we're trying to do a movie here yeah. You know, and Peter, yes, exactly. The cameos in that film are there for a reason. Uh, the songs are great. The musical numbers, each one of them is a gem. Oh, and okay, the thing that I was going to tell you about in the other room about yes. process and puppeteering. So of all the things in that film, the bicycle riding and the underwater ballet and all the dancing and the tap dancing and this and that, what do you think is the hardest thing that had to be done in that film? Oh, yes, I was remembering this. No, no, I mean, it's hard. These are, no, these things are all difficult. Wait, wasn't the bending bars in the third one? No, that's the second one. She's breaking out of jail. No, but she also bends the bars in front of the Hey, piggy, hey, The hardest thing for a a performer to do for a Kermit putting on pants in Stepping Out with a Star. Stepping Out with a Star looks like it's the easiest number in the world because it's just three Muppets. There's a mirror in there. There are so many shots in that film, Kermit is on a drill. They move the film backwards so the Kermit can get the hat on his head. Kermit puts on pants. Now you think about. I don't get mad at what? you. No, I, no, no, I, no, 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 no. That's just. I mean, I'm getting mad at you for an hour. I know. I, I, somehow I walked into a wall. Of, no, I know. Put, Kermit, I can't put on. 
pants. That's not you. That's I have problems general, with that, too. I get the felt hands. That, that's just my like, general righteous indignation about, don't you realize? <laughs> what is involved with rods and assists and people, but mm-hmm. like Kermit, he doesn't have live hands, so you can't use that. Those feet have to be attached to some sort of rod. The pants have to be attached to something. And he does it in such a way that I guarantee you no, no one who is not a puppeteer has ever thought twice about that moment where Kermit is pulling on the leg of his pants. But wow. for any other actor in any other movie, that'd just be something you'd gloss over. It's three puppets in a room. Because most of them put them on it. one leg at a time, just like That's every right. other just person. Like every other. Also, I've no never had an opportunity to do a movie where I'm like, why am I not wearing pants in this movie? That's right. But well, that's the other thing. Maybe that's why Kermit doesn't wear pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's because they're way too hard to put on. But but it's little things like that where um, that number, for a long time, even for me, seemed like a throwaway number. And then after I became a Muppet performer, I look at that through totally different eyes. I'm like, there's a lot going on there, but it's disguised to make you believe that nothing is going on there except Kermit getting ready for this date. And that's what movies do better than anything else, and that's what the Muppets do better than anything else, is create that illusion. You don't see the effort. You don't see the sweat. You don't see how many people had to make that happen because it's all happening out of the shot. Anyway, that I feel very strongly I, about the beauty of Caper. I like that. So I right can now, watch it over and over. It's two for the Muppet movie. Uh, no, I think I, I'm, I'm going for the last one. He's Manhattan. I though look. I, so does is, that mean I get, look, I get a break. We're not a Wait a minute. We have one person for each movie. I, I get to pick. Yeah. I get to pick. Yeah. I just uh, if you uh, hell, what movie is Linda Levin in? Linda, Linda Levin, she is, she is inches away you from. I'm not selling. Yes. Please. No, it's I, all about Linda Levin. It's all I, about Linda Levin. Listen, you know how to, close she was to kiss my grits? Inches. Inches. That could have been hers. I get it. I, look, that could have been hers. There's a Scorsese connection from Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore to right. Alice. And there's Linda Levin playing a doctor. Brooke Shields? You want some Brooke Shields? Here she is. I don't. Wasn't where do you want those things? Okay. I'll tell you where to put Doc, them. The last, the last I'm one. Angry at him. I, I'm not. Yeah, let's take Manhattan. Have these things. Let allow me for a moment to relish this great power <laughs> that I have in this room. I think I want to change mine. I can tell you. Uh, do you want? Right do you want now, a lot of of rats working in a restaurant? No. Where are you going to go? I don't want that. You're going to go to Manhattan That's with right. the Muppets. That's what you you don't have want. Have you met Hal? He hand sanitizes after washing his hands because his hands might be dirty from touching each other. All right, all right. These are very clean rats. One all of them right. has a tattoo and fur. Solve that riddle. <laughs> The one that looks like shipwreck from GI Joe. Yeah, he's got like the he's got like the anchor. I will tell you, I've gone back and forth ever since I found out we were doing this. Because mm-hmm. the one that was my favorite from childhood, I thought was the best, and then I rewatched them, and I thought that another one was clearly the best. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of this conversation, I was swung to uh, I was swung from my current position. What was my current position to what I'm going to pronounce now? Wait, yes. One, one la- I'll give you one more pitch. Are we really going for a consensus? It, look, we generally don't just vote for this show. We'd have exactly. to find consensus. But yeah, if I we want to do consensus, Stephanie was uh, quite persuasive. Let, let allow me. What, she was persuasive me to me, but but <laughs> I don't have a lot in life. <laughs> this is my moment. Okay, okay, you know she, what? You she, know what? You're right. she made we an excellent point with the experimentation of the first one, making me think. That's another reason. Great songs, 
It was the great experiment. Yeah, yes. It was. Absolutely. It was the great experiment. That's that makes me want to put my vote over to that one. Can I change it now? <laughs> to the experiment <laughs> one? Well, I would not. Well, I'm switching mine also. No, I want to one. To okay, what do you got? You want two? Yeah. I'll take I one. I think the bottom line is how really Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to I'm going to put a seal on this. This has been a wonderful walk through. Not only uh both of our guests Delightful. For the, pe- for the people who yeah. stuck it out. Thank but also you. the love of the Muppets. We're, you have all the power. Here it is. In the time we've been here, children have been born. Yeah. <laughs> These are all kind of seminal films uh, in pop culture and in Muppet lore. And the while well, the third one has great numbers and is a, is a loving letter to Broadway, that is not the best Muppet movie. It has I, Linda Lavin in it. I, I was really confidence. expecting your chair to go flying backwards, remote control style, and you just get like <laughs> shot back through the thing. <laughs> which which leaves the original. <laughs> Curtain comes down. <laughs> the Muppet movie, The Great Experiment, or the love letter to all film, particularly classic film, The Great Muppet Caper. Mm-hmm. So it is. It, it is to me to say, people of the world. Oh, here we go. It's very exciting. The greatest. Muppet film of all time combines meta, humor, and music. Not fair, you're describing all three. <laughs> <laughs> to some this perfect point. alchemy of what the Muppets are and what they stand for. But you forgot about the costumes. It's the great Muppet Caper! Yeah! The greatest! The best of all the Muppet films. Look, the Muppet movie is great. It has the best music, yes. right? Yes. Oh, inarguably. Uh, yes. It is a great film for the Muppets getting together. But for them to have to make another film, to not even try to top it, but figure out where to go next, and to have them continue that meta and make a movie together is is brilliant. The John Cleese moment, which stands out, yeah. is brilliant. All of the appearances by celebrities, the cameos, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, they serve a purpose in the film. And also, Miss Piggy diving into water and yep. then emerging. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is this really is Miss Piggy's It appeals to the Bugsby Berkeley lover in yeah. every child. Exactly. Hey. <laughs> All those kids out there are Bugsby Berkeley Yeah, lovers. huge Bugsby Berkeley fans. But this, this, among all others, if you're a Miss Piggy fan, this is Miss Piggy's movie. Oh. More than either of the other two. Uh, and she shines brilliantly in Best that film. Miss Piggy hair is in that film. That's right. Best yes. motorcycle and, and, costume. And let's not forget Dame Diana Rigg. Yes. And how oh, Dame Diana Rigg, she yeah. is Absolutely. This, and how funny she is. Yes. And how funny she is allowed to be. She's wonderful. Um, it's, it's very rare. In fact, I can't think of a female actress in any of the other Muppet movies with a role that large. Yeah, Linda Lavin. Oh, I'm her sorry. Role, but her role isn't as large as, 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 as Dame Diana Riggs. You know what I mean? Like, she's a cameo, and Diana Riggs is playing a, a major character. Yeah, but it's, Linda Lavin was. Well, I know. She was Alice. Of course she was. <laughs> of course she was. And she worked with the late great Vic Tabak. I will never, I will always remember. Kiss my grits. Kiss my grits. Yep. Mel. Um, but, 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 uh, you know, Dame Diana Riggs was, is amazing in it. And, and I also think, you know, I, yes, the, the Muppet movie, Soundtrack has has amazing music. It is wonderful, but I also do think Joe Raposo's music is nothing to sneeze at. I think he's underrated as a composer. Here, yeah. I think a lot of people. Don't I have a legitimate appreciate. question. Yeah, because the Muppets do a great job of staying away from pop culture. They create their yes, own they culture. Do. Yes, they do. And their jokes are based entirely on characters. It's something that you have to not just respect but worship. Yes, not a Nixon joke. Where's the beef? Was spoken. 
in Muppets Take Manhattan. Yes, it Did was. It, was that a weird little slip? I think it predates the Clara Peller. I want it to so much. No. I think those ads started in 84. I think there's a reason why. It's a, you think it's where's the, the beef? beef. Yeah. yeah, I it's think it's a... I think it's a I'm going to let it slide because I love those commercials. Well, of course, who doesn't yeah. love those yeah, commercials? Yeah, but if you watch it now, it's the one time it happens and it's that moment of like... Yeah, no, you're right. they really... You're, you're absolutely you can, right. A stumble happened in, in, in this... Perfect machine. No, that's what makes weird. the Muppets so yeah. timeless. Is they really didn't. I mean, in, the, in any of the Muppet Show episodes, again, there was not a single Watergate joke. There was no, not a single. No, no. You know, it was not Saturday Night Live. It was no, not yeah. completely a, creating their own culture well, and and being their own pop culture was, was, was a perfect thing. And to it was do. one of the reasons why that show was so successful all around the world. You didn't have to. And in repeats. Yeah, it, and in it exactly. ages perfectly. But yeah. I mean, that's why I could play in all those countries. But you have to explain people who Alice Cooper is and stuff. It's like, well, well yeah, but I think for most, for the most part, most of those guest stars were pretty internationally known. And I think it was the same thing with with also some of the it cameos. didn't matter. I, I, when I watched it when I was a kid, I didn't know who easily eighty percent of those people were. Right. And but that's I how you care. learned. It I did not yeah. care. Right, but isn't that how you learned? Well, well I, yeah, I don't need to. Yeah. Uh, Who they were? My, my James Coco education is not important, you know. Like, well, now you know. <laughs> Go out and find but, more Jimmy Coco movies. Well, yeah. the, like, the, it, that doesn't time... matter. The point is, is that I did not care. And when somebody on who I was like, oh my God, Steve Martin is right. on, then you care so much. But it didn't rely on its guest stars. As a matter of fact, no, no. I enjoyed it. Despite the guest stars. But didn't you ever have those moments where you saw a cameo in a Muppet movie first and you didn't know that actor and then you saw that oh, actor yeah. in something yeah. else? Like, oh my God, oh, they're yeah. I saw the Muppet adult. movie when I was this big, so most of them, yeah. I was like, oh, that's from the, the balloon seller from the Muppet movie. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and, and that's your entree into the world. Yeah. And I think that, that movies like that sometimes do a great service. To... Yeah, well, that's Warner Brothers did that too. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is a whole new can of worms. Uh-oh. We're going to screen the movie okay. in a minute. That's right. This one is asked and answered. It's great Muppet Caper is the best. I did not expect this. I'm so happy. Nobody expected. I am so happy. I really thought the first one was a shoe. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. I'm so glad we get to watch Great Muppet Caper. Oh yeah, that's right. It's beautiful. It's Uh, it's beautiful. And the digital restoration is stunning. Even if we're wrong, it's the better big screen movie. Yeah, thank you. High def definition. To our guests, Uh, Doc Hammer, tell everybody what what do you want people to look at, check out. I don't care if they ever investigate anything I've ever done, but why? Why not watch the Venture Brothers if you stay up to that hour and they're playing it? Because nobody knows when it's on. Hulu. It's always on Hulu. There There you go. There you go. Go to Hulu. Uh, Stephanie DeBruzzo, what would you like? you have anything to pitch for us? Uh, We start production on season 49 of Sesame Street. 49! Sweet. Yeah. How many seasons have you been at Sesame Street now? Since season 25. Since season 25. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we start that and... uh, that is um, job security. Some of you might not know. I might. I'm not good at plugging myself. I did this tiny little stop motion uh, series a couple of years ago called Chimpy and Pansy. Each episode is less than one minute long. You can find them at stephaniedebruzzo.com under my own productions. And also, I put a couple of videos up recently. Um, last season on Sesame Street, we, uh, my friend Matt Vogel did a Facebook Live show from the Muppet Room when we were in production and uh, called Below the Frame. Uh, I wrote a theme song for it, which is why I like you guys, because you have a theme song. Um, <laughs> I wrote a theme song for it as soon as he told me the title. Uh, not provoked, by the way. It was totally voluntary. And uh, I did a couple of sort of commercials for things and videos. Um, we couldn't shoot on the set while we were doing the show, so this was a fun way to sort of create a new way of showing you some behind-the-scenes things. So there's a little commercial for the community center and the bike shop sets on Sesame Street, and there's a little game 
uh, in the style of the old school Sesame Street songs that you might remember. And there's a song, uh, there's a little bit about uh, different points of view, a puppeteer's point of view of Sesame Street. So those videos are also on my website. Very That's cool. Awesome. Uh, thank you to Craig Shaman, president of the Jim Henson Legacy. Amen. And the Museum of the Moving Image for hosting us and screening and all the wonderful things. Check out the exhibit here. And uh, if you're listening to this and you're in New York City, go to Astoria and check out Museum of the Moving Image. It's it amazing. Is amazing. It's an incredible it's amazing. place. I didn't even know it was here. here. This is incredible. I'm yes. going to come back. Uh, and if you have a topic that you would like us to solve for you, you can email us at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash wegotthispodcast. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at wegotthistweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. Thanks as always to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively. Thank you to our producer, Ken Plume, right there in the front row. Researcher Kate McManus, QA engineer Jen Alba, and graphic designer Uri Kelman. And thank you, of course, to you our listeners at home and or in the car, and you, our audience, here in this room at the Museum of the Moving Image. Give yourselves a great big round of applause. You are about to watch a wonderful movie. If you are driving and listening to this podcast, please do not turn on this movie right now. Wait until you get home to watch it. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, We love you all. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Thanks, everybody. Roll it. Hello, I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher, hosts of MaximumFun.org's Ono, Ross, and Carrie. We wanted to tell you the good news that our podcast is now weekly. Yeah, weekly. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and report our findings to you. In a time where alternative facts reign supreme, we cut through the murky spin to give you the real deal on topics like UFOs, the anti-vaccination movement, Scientology, and even apocalyptic churches. We're even undercover for some very exciting investigations right now. Well, not right now, right now. Yeah, that would be unwise. That's Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org. We show up so you don't have to. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.